I don't know if everybody here has had a chance to meet me. I'm um, Todd Wagner, and I get to serve alongside your daddies in this little ministry here that we call Watermark. And as a group of guys, I think you might know, sometimes you wake up on Tuesday mornings, at least recently, and we do this a couple, three, four times a year, and your dads haven't been there because we've been here uh, talking together about how we can be the men that God wants us to be. And what we wanted to do was today invite you to join us so you can see a little bit of what we do when we're together. Now, it's going to be different today because you're here, and what we're really going to do is tell you what is important in our hearts and spend some time with you this morning in the way that we want to just tell you our heart is to do uh, what we're going to do with you today more often at home. So you can ask your dad, Dad, help me do this on a more regular basis. Don't have to do it every morning. In fact, very few people do. I don't know anybody that does uh, with their family like this because so many things are going crazy. But to talk about God together and uh, learn about who Jesus is and the difference that he makes in your life, whether you're in kindergarten or high school or have a full-time job, is a big deal to us. And the world, the people that you're going to run into the rest of your life, have an idea about what makes you great. But the one that your father and I serve, Jesus, tells us there's something else that makes us great. So I want to just tell you a couple of reasons why we're here specifically, and then also find out a little bit about some of y'all and share some of these things with you. What I did, Dad, is I've got, uh, I just went and picked up a few things that we use that are really easy, simple tools that you might want to pick up with your kids. And I just want to show them to you from up here, and I'm going to share these with different folks there's different devotionals, and they're, they're called God and Me devotionals. And you can get these at any little bookstore. And they're really great, especially when you start off um, with kids. They start actually from the two- to five-year-old ones. These devotionals last you anywhere. We did them last night, Landry. How long did it take us to do one? Just 500 hours, she says. So um, it, it was quite a study. And, and, uh, but probably... Uh, you know, taking our time and reviewing with the little craft art project that's right there in the book, it's five minutes. It's a great time. comes away with a simple lesson. You read maybe two paragraphs, answer a couple of questions about what you just read, and then there's usually like a, a little deal that you can do on the other side. Sometimes it's colored in. This is for the two- to five-year-olds, and sometimes it's uh, something different than that. But why don't we just do this? Let's give this one for ages two to five just to the, the youngest girl here who has even maybe a younger sister. So is there anybody here who's five? Raise your hand. Any five-year-olds? All right, good. Now, we're going to come over here, and we're going to ask you guys, do any of you have a younger sister who's not here today, but she's also around? Do you have a younger sister at home? Uh-oh, we got two of them. Okay. All right, you guys come out here and wrestle. No, I'm kidding. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry. All right. Here's what I want to ask you. Okay. Caitlin, how old is your sister? She's two. And how old is your sister? Oh, another Caitlin. How old is your sister? Three. Three. That's what she said. Three. All right. I'll tell you what, Caitlin. We're going to let her have it just because her oldest sister can probably do this best with her. Okay? What we're going to do actually is give you this one. All right? That's for you to share with your sister. And we're going to give you this one from six to nine. Okay? Right there. So you can start doing that one with your daddy. These things are really good age-specific deals. Here's a 10 to 12-year-old one. I want to give this one to it. the 10 to 12-year-old that, um, let's see. Oh, doggone it, man. You got ripped off. I'm nine. I got clapped right out there, didn't you? All right? But this is a really good one. Again, now these things are like 10 bucks, and you'll love them. I highly recommend them. So uh, let's see. Uh, ten, raise your hand if you're 10 to 12. Okay? Then uh, why don't we do this? If, uh, if you came here, let's see who drove the farthest. Anybody here come from a long way away? Oh, Hannah, you think you're farther? We got Becca. 
all the way up there uh, north of Frankfurt. Anybody come from farther than north of Frankfurt? Who's further? Martha, Kate, or Becca? Huh? Where'd you come from? How far did you guys drive this morning? Where, Mark? McDermott. McDermott? Yep. Is that... Is it Allen? All right. Anybody beat Allen, Texas for 10 to 12 year olds? Oh, yeah. Sarah Hope. All right. Good. Sarah Hope. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to give this to Mr. Mark and his kiddos. I know you came. They came from Kaufman this morning. Got up at five. All right. And I know they've got some stuff like this at home. So I'm going to share this with Mark. Take that. You guys enjoy that together. That's a fun one. Then here's a couple of more. And then these are a little different than those as you get up to the junior high age. Uh, this one, this one-year devotional for girls. Kirby and I have done this one, and it's a great book. You just read this little thing right here. It's got some scripture with a good little application question. And so, again, this one right here, they're called the One-Year Book of Devotions. It's a fantastic uh, little deal. So who here do we have who's in uh, junior high? Raise your hand if you're a junior high kiddo. A couple of you. Yeah, there's Jenna, sweet Jenna. All right. I'll tell you what. Why don't we give this one to the family that's been at Watermark the least amount of time. All right? Now, Shelby, since your daddy was one of the original eight families, you can put your hand down. All right? And uh, same with you, Jenna. All right? How long have you guys been at Watermark? Less than six months? Is there anybody else in junior high who's been at Watermark for less than six months? We haven't been in six months. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> you know what? I am going to give this to your father. There you go, Mark. You guys enjoy that, okay? It's great. All right? And then here's the last one. This is the one i just show you. This is excellent. Again, it's called, just look for that little one-year. Like, if you ever seen a one-year Bible? You can get these at any Christian bookstore. This one's just devotions for teens. Susie Schellenberger writes and edits for Brio Magazine, guys. Uh, Brio Magazine is focused on the family's effort to reach out to the high school-age folks. And this is just excellent. Very practical stuff. Again, these are not devos that you've got to spend 45 minutes with. It's about getting the seed of truth planted in your heart sometime during the day. And so I'm going to do the same thing with who came the furthest. And I think I know the high school folks got up and came the earliest. Who else here is in high school this morning? Got a couple? All right, good. Boy, a bunch of y'all. Okay. And, uh, and tell them where you came from this morning, David. Keller. Keller. Anybody further out than Keller? Yeah, that's a good long ways out. So there's a couple of them here. So you guys enjoy this. You'll like that. Excellent book. And they're fixing to go on a road trip anyway, so you can knock a few of those off. All right? Glad you all are here. But, hey, talk to your dad. If you don't have a good little devotional that you can do on your own or interact with your dad, and, Dad, I'm telling you, these are great because they're great conversation starters, extremely practical, and you'll love every single one of them. Hey, girls, here's the deal. We're going to break you loose right now, but I want to tell you this. Your daddies um, and your fathers, those of y'all in high school, hopefully you still call them daddy, but we have a job. Okay, and our job, God says, is to protect you, and our job is to provide for you, and our job is to prepare you. And that's what we're going to make an effort to do all the days of our life, and specifically this morning we're going to model for you one of the best ways to protect you, is to by helping you to understand some things that if you're left to yourself, you may not understand. That's true all the way up until we release you when you're about 18 or 19 in this country. To provide for you, not just food, not just clothes, but provide for you something that will nourish not just your physical body, but your soul. And then to prepare you for the day when you're going to be out there and nobody's going to be around you and you're going to get, make, get to make decisions on your own. And so what God says 
is, hey, fathers, I'm going to hold you accountable for the way you protect your kids from error and what the crowd says. I'm going to hold you accountable for how you provide for your kids. In other words, you're not just giving them food for their body, but food for their soul. And I'm going to hold you accountable for how you prepare them for the day that they are out there away from you and they've got to make some decisions on their own. Now, today is the what day of the month? Anybody know? Four. And so I'll tell you a simple little tool that we use in our household is we usually play around with the proverb, the chapter that goes with the day. And today being the fourth is a perfect day because it talks a lot about a father's responsibility with a daughter. And when you came in, Dad, you got this sheet. You can see it's broken up uh, after you read Proverbs 4 with your daughter to, to do some, have some questions of interaction right there for you. You've got high school kids and junior high and then also all the different other age groups that are down there. All right, let me pray for us and then we're going to break you up with your dad. You're going to have about 20 minutes with him and you're going to get to school on time, okay? Guys, if you're here this morning without a daughter, uh, just hang in this room with Gary and Blake and some of the others. Lord, I'm so grateful for just uh, all the dads that love their daughters and want to um, provide for them, want to protect them, and want to prepare them for uh, all the things that you've got planned for them in their life. And so we as dads share with them the truth that you've shared with us. And we talk about it in a way, Father, that would allow us to play a role in their life like you play a role in our life. And we are just a shadow of what their real father is like. The perfect father who protects us from evil, who uh, provides for us uh, in every way that we need, and who prepares us for all the challenges that this world faces us. So as imperfect fathers, we are grateful that we ourselves can have a relationship with our perfect father. And as we share your wisdom, Lord, with our daughters, we can be more of what you ask us to be. So help us now just love our daughters as we help protect Prepare and provide for them. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being here today. We have some single guys here, and we have some guys here who have sons, and we have some guys who are married who don't have kids yet, so we're covering the whole gamut. So we're glad you guys are here, and uh, we were expecting you to be here, and that's why we made this provision. I'm Gary Stroop, and I'm the director of arts for uh, our church team, and uh, I get the privilege of serving with... Uh, Todd and the rest of our ministry team, and so this morning we just want to spend a few moments uh, looking at some ways that God might encourage us on the same topic, actually. I want to read to you from Genesis 1:28. It's real familiar, and every time I read it, I always think uh, that's talking about uh, having kids, but the message is a little bit broader than that. Genesis 1:28 says this. He says, God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, and God said to them, uh, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over it. And he goes on to talk about what that means. When we, re- we talk about uh, being fruitful and multiply, we certainly are talking about human reproduction. Uh, but we're, he's really talking about duplicating their love for God and, and duplicating uh, what it means to uh, place his spirit. And that was one of the ways he did that was by multiplying the, that family and, and widening its impact on the earth. But there's also a bigger and a broader picture for that that relates to all of us. And that's that we are to multiply who he is in the, in the earth. I thought this morning on the way in, I thought, you know, uh, if I were to multiply uh, me in the earth, that would not be a good thing. Uh, I'm glad that there's some people that are quiet. There's some people that are loud. There's some people that are... Uh, they're CPA-minded, because I am not. If the world was duplicated like me, everybody would be bankrupt. Trust me on this. 
I'm glad there's different kinds of people. But we're not just to multiply us. We're to, we're, to, we're to multiply who God is in us. I was watching a football game Sunday because uh, uh, some of our church staff guys, we play in a, our own little version of fantasy football. And, and I think I'm in first or second. I'm not sure which, but it's way up there. I know that. <laughs> they, I mean, these guys, uh, they're not kind about this. Uh, I, I told one of the guys yesterday, I said, I've learned my lesson today. I need to lose a little more often because it's getting kind of bitter in this room. Uh, but I was watching one of the football games, and uh, last couple of weeks, I love it when they're either the team's either behind or they're tied, and they're going to do an on, onside kick. It's one of the most exciting plays in football. And uh, during the preseason and at practice, they practice that play over and over and over again because it is a, it's a defining play. All the effort's gone to this moment, and they've kept it even, or they're just right neck and neck. And that one play can shift all those hours worth of work by that one play. And it's not the same guys on the field. The guys who run out there, they're the, on the special teams, they've, and they're the good hands team. Uh, usually there's all these linemen out there, these big beefy guys, and they're going to clear away for the for the running backs to come through. Not this play. It's all the little skinny guys with gloves on, and they're they're just waiting to grab that ball and end the game. And the same way, when I read that passage, is that we need to be fruitful and multiply who God is in the world. It's time for the good hands of people to be out there, not just dads, not just ministers, but all of us. And God has called that play. Because everything matters up until that point. Uh, it mattered when I was a sophomore in high school and I received Christ as my Savior because it changed the destiny of my life. Before then, I was cultural in my Christianity. I knew who God was. I knew, that what, I knew the verses about salvation. But my sophomore year in high school, I did, the, I did the long math that said I am a sinner and apart from God's influence on my life, no matter how good I, I am, I cannot change the destiny of my life. And at that moment, I gave my heart to Christ in a way and a deeper understanding than I ever had met, had met to that point. And I asked Christ to come into my heart and to forgive my sin and to give me a bright destiny and a future. And I said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. I don't know all that, that means, but I'm going to follow you. And since that day, he's been calling me and he's been calling you to be on the good hands team. Because in this next, on these next little, uh, uh, Scripture says that life is like a vapor. It's here for a moment. It's gone. We're in the vapor time of life. Life is just here for a moment, guys. And what we do with our relationships means everything. In my life, uh, I was sharing with our parents this weekend at the parents' workshop. There was a guy by the name of Bob Dixon. And right shortly after I made my profession of faith, that summer I worked for him, and all summer long he spoke into my life as a sophomore and said to me, Gary, you're going to be a great man for God. And actually he did it when, he, when I was a seventh grader, and he spoke all the way up that time and, and to find my faith. And God began to work in my heart and speak to me. And I was anything but a great man of God. I was just trying to get through acne and get through math, basically. And that was about as deep as it got. But because he spoke those words into my heart and believed not in who I was, but who God was calling me to be, it changed the destiny of my life. I remember going back to my bedroom after that summer, and for the first time in my life, picking up Scripture, not even fully understanding what it meant, and began to reading God's Word. I remember memorizing James 1. And to this day, that verse, those verses in James mean a great deal to me because they were the first verses that I committed to memory. And uh, 
that happened because a guy spoke into my world. And in, in, in our society, what it makes us want to do is say, God, Bob Dixon, what a great guy. And just the opposite, Bob Dixon's God, what a great God. But I'm thankful that Bob was there to mentor me and love me and speak into my life. And I think that's what God is calling men to be, uh, to each other. Uh, later on, when I got past those, uh, those years of development, I had other guys in my life. I had pastors. I worked for a guy by the name of Dan Urey when I was out in Miami. And Dan was one of those guys, he just always encouraged me. I screwed up a million different times on his staff. He was our staff uh, pastor. And uh, I'd be sitting on the front row, and he'd be out of town. And coming back in, he says, hey, would you speak for me this weekend? He'd come back in. I said, hey, you want to speak, right? He says, no, man, I want to hear you speak. And I was, uh, compared to him, this guy flew all over the country. He could have shattered me and corrected me and made me feel less than, just the opposite. He stood there beside me. I never will forget sitting on the front row on a Sunday morning, and Dan's sitting there. He's got his golf pants on. He's just coming from a trip, and he says, he leans over to me. He says, you're going to be awesome because you love God so well, Gary. Go get them. <laughs> I remember it was just like running onto the field. And I was a part of the Good Hands team that morning. But Dan encouraged me, and he encouraged me not just on Sunday mornings. He encouraged me all the time. And the, the 12 years I was on staff at Miami, Dan constantly was in my life telling me what was good about me. Not just building up my, puffing me up, and giving me false self-esteem. What he said to me were true. The world will squeeze us into its mold if we let it. The scripture says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And the way it does that is because truth counteracts what the world's lie is. And one of the things that men can do for each other, and men can do for younger men, is we can speak into each other's world the truth. And it can't be the old PR thing, you know, when a, uh, I, my wife is really gentle and loving and sweet until she gets with a salesman, and she becomes a tilde hun. And I never will forget, we remind me one time buying, looking for a bed for one of our children, and the salesman looked at her and said, Ma'am, you seem like a wonderful mother. Do you want your kids to have straight spines? <laughs> she, looked at him, she looked at him and says, No, we don't really care about our children. We hope they slump the rest of their lives. <laughs> she says, We're not shopping here. We walked off. And there's so, much, uh, there's so many of our words that are passed around casually where we pass out compliments. They're just to puff each other up and they're selfish. You know, the other thing that men can do for men and for our younger guys, our younger girls that are around us, all, the people that are in our lives, cousins and children of our friends and younger people and people our own ages, uh, we can say to each other the truth. And sometimes the truth is difficult. And the more difficult the truth, the deeper the relationship ought to be, quite frankly. I also have some other men in my life that speak the truth into my world. One of the, uh, and they do that because they have a deep relationship with me. And because they've loved me well, I can hear them really clearly. There's some guys that can come to me and say to me the most difficult things. I had a guy come to me uh, right before I came on staff and say to me one day, he said, Gary, I noticed that lately that this is a pattern for you, that you don't listen as well as I'd like to see you listen, that you're always thinking about what you're going to say and you interrupt and the minute he said it, I knew it was true. And it hurt me. I was embarrassed by it. And it's not. And Paul said, not that I've laid hold and conquered that, because I haven't. But that has not left my consciousness. And he didn't have to tell me why that was important, because I'm a follower of Christ. That if I don't listen to you, what it says to you is that you're not important. And I don't want to communicate that. 
and it hurt me, and I still struggle with that. But because he had loved me well, I heard that. It rooted deep into my soul, and I struggle with it every single week because of that. Guys, you're in a great place. This building is full, uh, and our church is full of men whose lives have been impacted. Some who were living their lives for themselves, and they were missing the great potential that God had for them. And they've been loved well. A lot of times it happens in community. Community is not a program around here. It's something we do because lives are changed because of it. You don't love people you don't know. So if you're not in a community group, Mike, I want you to raise your hand right back here. Michael Fleming, you can see him this morning. He'll help you put one together. He'll put you one that's already established. Uh, but in community, it's the greatest privilege. I think the best place to find a shepherd is in community. People who will speak into your world and love you well, and you get to love others well. Um, the other part of this whole multiplying Christ is how we live for him. You know, Todd every week says, have a great week of worship. Because worship is not what we do on Sunday. It's how we live. We know we're imperfect. But as we live lives in front of each other, I have friends on staff team that have forgiven me and that has ministered to me. And that's not some uh, speech or here's what I believe or, or sitting around a Bible study. It's what they've done for me. And that's what we can do for each other. In community, we can love each other really well. We can forgive each other. We encourage each other. Uh, guys in the back, if you've got that slide, I want to put it up. I want to end with a little formula that Bill Hybels shared a couple of years ago at one of the workshops that I was at that is still, uh, has, it hasn't left me. It's part of my memory. This is, a, this is the formula for us having a great ministry in people's lives. HP plus CP equals MI. Um, in the physical world, you can put the right amount of hydrogen and the right amount of oxygen together and it creates water. It completely changes the outcome of those two components. They become something else. This is the formula for us having uh, a maximum impact on our world. It goes like this. High potency. High potency. Go ahead and stick all three up. Plus close proximity equals maximum impact. And all three of those are very important. High potency basically says this. I don't have anything to give you. The potency of God being alive in my heart is what makes the impact. It's not me. It's not my personality. It's not my life experience. It's great to have knowledge, but knowledge, we've seen that all the time. Guys go to Bible study after Bible study after Bible study, and, they, and for some reason they don't reflect who God is. As we study God's Word, we apply it to our lives, but high potency is because I'm hanging out with the Father. And one of the great gifts we can give the younger men in our church and uh, our friends and those that we love is to have a potent life. If I hung out with God this morning, now when I go to hang out with my team and those that I work with, I bring the potency not of Gary, but the potency of Christ. So the first question I've got for you this morning, are you of high potency? Are you full strength? You aren't if you haven't been connected to the Father this morning. Next thing is close proximity. And to put that potency in close proximity to those who would be influenced by it creates maximum impact. So here's, I'm going to ask Jim Wimberly to come up and just share a very practical application. Uh, you may already be in a community group and your life is uh, hitting up against some other guys and some other gals or, and friends. You may already be serving, but Jim's going to share some ways that you can have maximum impact. That these aren't programs, but here are some ways that you can automatically place the potency that Christ has placed in your heart into the impact of somebody else's life. Thank you, Gary. Uh, we would just like to, uh, I know a lot of you guys have uh, 
sons or you have children uh, below the ages that we have here this morning, and, you know, it starts at your top priority is to your own children. But, uh, you know, God brings uh, other opportunities into our lives to have an influence uh, just on those people uh, that uh, we come in contact with. But there's also some excellent uh, ministry opportunities that we especially would like to encourage uh, the young men or even the older men that maybe are empty nesters to get involved and having an influence in a younger person here at Watermark. And we're going to have a sheet that uh, Richard Toppers will have at the door to hand out to you as you leave. But it gives a number of different opportunities where you can have an impact on children or young people. And a lot of those are in our own children's ministry here at Watermark. Uh, There's uh, also opportunity with divorce care and single parents of how you can serve as mentors. There's uh, high school uh, uh, opportunities to serve, and uh, also there is uh, outreach, uh, a program we call Vision Kids. Uh, it's mentoring uh, children in schools over in West Dallas. And, uh, you know, God would have all of us be involved to have that maximum impact that Gary is talking about. So uh, we're going to have those as you go out the door, and uh, before you do that, before we break and leave, I'd like to pray for us, unless you have anything else, Gary. Let's pray. Father, we do just want to thank you for uh, this morning, and uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for uh, Christ who uh, changes our lives and just uh, gives us the opportunity to uh, participate with you in, in seeing other people uh, come to know Christ and that life change take place with them. And, Father, we do just want to uh, have maximum impact and maximum influence for you with our own children, but also with uh, uh, children that may not be as fortunate to have a father. And we just pray that uh, you just might put it on uh, hearts of those of us even here this morning that might get involved in uh, uh, some of the programs that we have here at uh, at Watermark as well as... Uh, uh, something like Vision Kids uh, outside of our body, the body of Christ. And Father, we uh, do just pray that uh, you would help each of us in this room to be spiritual leaders in our homes. And uh, we just uh, pray for the men that uh, maybe not yet uh, have wives. We just pray you would raise up uh, godly wives for them and uh, that you would just be developing them right now to be the husbands and the fathers that you want them to be. And, Father, we realize we cannot do any of this except by your power. And we just thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you for this time this morning. And we just thank you for uh, uh, each of the daughters that came with their dads. And we just pray it will be a very, very special time for them. And, Lord, we just pray in Christ's name. Amen.